In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. This is the second Sunday of the Coptic New Year, and it's such an important reading, one of, you can say, the most vital of teachings that we hear in the Church. We have to memorize, we have to put in our hearts, we have to apply. Last week, if last week we could think about last week, as we talked about John the Baptist a little bit, and in speaking about John the Baptist, we had spoken about him as being the one who initiates repentance, the one who opens the door for Christ. Now after the door of, of the church has been opened, or the door of repentance has been opened, and we come to Christ, the first lesson we have here is how to know God, how to follow God, how to love God. Now as easy and as basic as this is, as easy and as basic as this is, as much as we've memorized this verse over and over, and hopefully if you haven't memorized this verse, uh, you memorize it today, and you have the children memorize it as well. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. I might not get them in order, but I start with the heart. Uh, and we have to remember what that means. Because this is what is the entire law of God summed up in. Jesus Christ did not come to destroy the law. He did not come to erase the law. He did not come to say you no longer have to follow the law. But what he's giving to us is the synopsis of the law or the distillation of the law, the synthesis of it all together. What does it mean? And he's not recreating this, this teaching. This teaching is from the Old Testament. This is found in the book of Deuteronomy. God had spoken to them not only about loving the Lord with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength, but how to do it as well. Now this lawyer, this lawyer comes to him and asks a good question, but not with the right motives, right intention. And we know this because afterwards he's trying to says he tried to justify himself. If you continue reading in Luke chapter 10, we have the famous parable of what? What's, what's it? After this portion of the Bible. Who then is my neighbor? And he says a parable about the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan. About how someone fell among thieves uh, who was, uh, who was um, going from Jericho to Jer- or Jerusalem to Jericho. And he falls among thieves. And a priest follows him or, or passes by. A Levite passes by. And all of them do not know how to fulfill the law because they're trying to fulfill other parts of the law without understanding what is the meaning of the law. And then we have the good Samaritan who is neither a Jew um, but is uh, someone who is supposed to be an enemy of the Jews and he's able to do and know who is his neighbor and to do the right thing. Now, yesterday I had lunch with... um, uh, a professor in, uh, from our school as well as um, a wonderful uh, professor in her own right at uh, U, um, University of San Diego um, as well as other places. Her name is Dr. Eugenia Constantino. She's a wonderful woman and hopefully, God willing, we're going to have her come here to speak to us about John, St. John Chrysostom. Uh, someone mentioned that we don't know who the saint is. 
So I thought it would be good to have an opportunity to bring a scholar like her to come and to teach us about him. Uh, she has podcasts online, Ancient Faith Radio, Search the Scriptures. Anyway, I had the opportunity to go have lunch with her. And, you know, we were discussing how most, most Christians, especially in the Orthodox Church, if we were to ask them, why did Jesus come? That we wouldn't receive the full answer. They wouldn't know how to answer that question completely. Why did Jesus Christ come in the flesh, become a human being and come to earth? The answer that most will give is to save us, to die on the cross, take away our, uh, the penalty of sin, take away uh, the penalty of death, um, or the sting of death. And that's only one part of the answer. And what we hear, have here also in today's gospel is another part of that answer is that after Adam and Eve fell, after Adam and Eve fell, not only did we have sin come into the world, not only did death come into the world, but the knowledge of God became less and less. So quickly in the Bible, Moses writes about the knowledge of God becoming less and less. We have the fall is happening in chapter 3. Chapter 4 we have... A Cain killing Abel. Chapter 6, we have such depravity on earth that we have the flood. And I believe in there, there's going to be a verse, I should have prepared it, but there's a verse there that says, they no longer called on the Lord, or they no longer knew who God was. And all of this happened and continued to happen throughout the history until... God sent His Son into the world to again renew the knowledge of the Father within us and to lead us back to the Father. So Jesus Christ came not only to save us from death, but also to remind us again who the Father is. And not just to remind us, but to give us that knowledge. Who is God? Jesus Christ. And then we begin from Jesus Christ to know who God is. And here, even in the, the beginning of today's Gospel, Jesus Christ rejoices in the Spirit and says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. He shows us that God is a God to be praised, a God to be glorified for the works that He does in our lives. He is a God that is due all honor, all glory. And when we have to, and we want to understand our relationship with God, it's not through just reading books. It's not just through reading the Bible. The monks, the fathers of the church, they had this wonderful way of approaching the Bible. In the early, in the early church, it was recorded over and over and over again that the monks that they believed the only way that they could possibly know God is by doing what the Bible was commanding them to do I'll say that again because it's not it's not what we what we think that knowing God meant doing the commandments and that by doing the commandments one came to know God more fully, more purely, more honestly. 
that in keeping the commandments which God has given to us, it was a way to know God. And this is what is so terrible about this person, this lawyer's... Time out. A lawyer here is not what my former profession used to be. It's not a lawyer in the sense of what we understand lawyers today. A lawyer back then knew the law, which was the law of God. So this was one who knew the law. And in knowing the law, he should have known who God was. He should have known Jesus Christ. The Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament was directing the people of Israel to know who God was. And then not only to know who God was, but to be a light to the Gentiles, to the heathen, to the other nations. If Israel knew who God was, they would lead others to God. The same can be applied to us. If you know who God is, you will lead others to God. And in leading others to God, or in knowing who God is first, we know that following the commandments gives us that intimate knowledge. Jesus Christ says, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And in keeping the commandments of God, we fall more in love with God. Let me you know, just kind of simplify this very much. The commandments of God, which might tell us, you know, uh, don't do certain sins. There are certain sins which we think are going to bring us happiness, which we think is going to give us satisfaction. See, the sin of, of gluttony, right? I love this food. I'm going to eat not just the amount that I need to survive. I'm going to eat more than I want, or more, or sorry, more than I need to survive because I love this food. And what does that do for us? We think this food is going to give us happiness. And when we have our our, our bellies are full and we are satisfied till till the end with this 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 food that we're, you know, just lusting over and wanting. Afterwards, that feeling goes away. That happiness is no longer with us. And you can apply that idea to every sin that you can think of. But following the commandments of God gives us beyond what we can imagine. Joy, peace, comfort, satisfaction, knowing that what we're doing is good for us and in line with our relationship with God. Loving our neighbor as ourself, which we know is an extension of love your enemies. Loving our neighbor as we love ourselves, knowing that this is a command from God, we know that by loving this, we learn more about God. We know more about His love for us. We know more about His sacrifice, which He did on our, on our behalf. We get a window, because what God commands us to do is to be like Him. He created us in His image according to His likeness and He gave us this command to be like Him. And the commandments of God are what keep the image of God within us so that we can be like Him. And Christ gives us now, this was all introduction, gives us this simplified understanding of the commandments of God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Now, 
I wanted to speak to you not about the individual loving of the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, but I want to talk about how we as a church, as a parish, St. John Chrysostom, love, are called to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, minds, souls, and, and, and with all of our strength. And I'm taking this from a really good article that I read by Father Thomas Hopkel on, uh, it was in a, a book called Speaking the Truth with Love, uh, published by St. Vladimir's, and the chapter was called The Orthodox, um, I believe it was called The Orthodox Parish in America. How is a parish supposed to function? Uh, a parish meaning this little church of ours. The church, when we talk say about the church, we're really talking about the Orthodox Church, the entire Coptic Orthodox Church. But when we're talking about a parish, uh, we're just talking about us here as a community. Now, of course, there are people that are part of this community, people that are not part of this community uh, per se. We're part of the church, but not part of St. John Chrysostom. Um, and so we're trying to understand as a core, like the servants, the group, how we are to love God in this same way. Because the church has to model this as well, and the individuals have to follow. And, and Father Thomas Hopko wrote in this article that for the parish to love God with all of its heart, it has to be a place of worship. Right? When we say, when we think about a church, certain characteristics come up about the church. We might say, oh, you know, this church over there, that's a church that does a lot of social activities. Or that's a church over there that does a lot of liturgies. Or that's a church over there um, that is really heavy into education. And we have to sort of say, what is, what is St. John Chrysostom's goals, vision, direction? But he said, when we think about the heart, you have to first understand the place. What is the heart? The heart is the center of your being. It's where the fathers of the church would say, this is where God speaks to you and where you speak to God. In your heart, that's where your priorities are. In your heart of hearts, that's what you really want. That's what you really desire. That's what you really are looking for. That's in your heart. And we have this, even Christ said this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What do we treasure in life? And if we treasure God, which we ought to treasure, both individually and as a community, then in treasuring God as a community, we come to Him to worship Him. We come to Him to pray to Him. We come to Him to speak to Him. Otherwise, Father Tom says, otherwise we're just a club. We're just a group of people coming together. We're no, we're no better than, you know, Kiwanis Club, Rotary Club, all these, and they're all great clubs. They do great things. They have passionate goals and directions, but they're just a club. It's just a social gathering. But if our heart, in our heart, we love God completely, fully, 100%, then we're coming together for Him. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who else is coming. Doesn't matter who I might meet, who I might see, because I'm not coming for my own personal satisfaction. I'm coming to worship and to love God with all of my heart, with all of my heart. And in the liturgy, you'll notice sometimes 
in this, when it comes to the part where it says, lift up your hearts, I've said it differently sometimes. What have I said sometimes? Where are your hearts? Where is, where's your mind and your heart at the same time? Where are you right now? Where are you? Are you at work? Hello? Hello in there, right? Hello? And you, you know when you're talking to somebody and they're not with you, their eyes are sort of somewhere else. And in the liturgy, we're saying, not where are your hearts, but lift up your hearts. Lift them up to the Lord, because that's where they should be. We lift them up to the Lord. And so, where are your hearts? We lift them up to the Lord. Now, loving our, our God with all of our soul means our spiritual life. The, the Hebrew is nefesh, and you can understand the Arabic is nefs or nefes, nefs. And that idea is that, you know, the breath, everything that you have, every, every part of you, loving Him in the day-to-day. Loving Him moment to moment, in the day to day. Now, we love God with all of our heart and we worship and we pray and we draw nearer to Him in our sacramental worship. Loving Him with all of our soul means that we struggle personally and as a community to keep those commandments, to love Him through keeping those commandments. We don't automatically become we, we should say automatically as individuals, we don't automatically have the mind of Christ. And as a group, we don't automatically become the body of Christ. And oftentimes, I want to talk to you about this. When we bow down, and, we, and the priest says, uh, and this bread he makes into his holy body. How many of us are paying attention? How many of us, when we say, I believe, are really saying, I believe? Are we just going through the motions? Because if we're going through the motions, I don't know, to be honest with you, I don't know if it becomes the body and blood of Christ. If you, as a community, don't believe what is happening, if you, as a community, don't assent and say, yes, I believe, then it, it, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a magician here. And what we do is not magic. And what we do is not automatic. If we fill this room with a bunch of atheists, and we said to them, say I believe, even though you don't believe, say I believe at this moment. Do you think the body, the bread and wine would become the body and blood? No. no. It's a group activity. Right? And my point with that is, is that we automatically don't, things don't happen automatically. We have to work at it. We have to struggle. And that's why we need that spiritual guidance in our life. We need that spiritual direction. Not just, it's not just up to me as the priest, it's up to you as well. It's up to you as well to be spiritual guides within the church. Does that make sense? Or you didn't think that you were supposed to be a spiritual guide in the church? You have to have a spiritual life just as I have to have a spiritual life, just like anybody has to have a spiritual life. And that way, that's what makes a community spiritual. If we brought, if we brought, yani, if we were honored to have Pope Carolus the sixth, one of the most spiritual men of our times, be the priest of this church, does that automatically make everybody a spiritual person? Does that automatically make this a spiritual parish? No. But the next Pope Carolus should be sitting here in this pew, <laughs> male or female, right? It should be something that you are a part of and that you are, are, are working towards. 
And I've spent a lot of time on loving God with all of our heart and with all of our soul. All of our mind is education. All of our mind is education. And all of our strength is our mission, our philanthropy, our doing good works, our doing, our doing things for the sake of God. It, it's the parish that gives to the poor as well. And we do to the best of our ability as a parish. We try to do that, but you as individuals should be the driving force behind that. Loving the Lord your God with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your spirit, got them a little bit, because Matthew and Luke switch a word out. Love your Lord your God with all your mind, with all your heart, mind, strength, um, and, and soul. Is not just a call for you individually, but as a community as well. And this has to be the driving force behind our community. How can we be a community following the commandments of God if we can't worship frequently and often? Right? Then where's our heart? If this place, if this church only worships Sunday from 8 to 11, and the rest of the week we don't do anything, what kind of a church are we? Are we a church that shows itself as loving God with all of our heart? When people say, oh, St. John, they like, to worship, they like to worship God, but you can only worship on Sunday between 8 and 11. Right? Does that really make sense? No. So when we're talking, you know, later on we'll talk about properties and we need to buy something. We need to buy or we need to rent or whatever we need to do. It's because we have to show that we love God. We have to work towards that love for God. It's not for me. And, and, and quite frankly, it's not for you either. It's for God. We have to show that we have a love for God. That we want to serve Him. We want His name to be called upon. We want His door, the doors to His church to be open. When we, we look at our church, we have to say we have to struggle and strive to love God with all of our heart all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and that we have a long ways to go. And it's okay that we have a long ways to go. But as long as we're on the path and we're struggling and we're working hard towards that, that's why this Sunday's Gospel so early in the beginning of the year is, is an important reminder of what it means to be Christian. God came to remind us of who the, Jesus Christ came in order to remind us of who God the Father is, to give us knowledge of God the Father. We get knowledge of God the Father through following the commandments. We show God that we love Him through following the commandments. We preserve the image of God within us through following the commandments. We know God more through following the commandments. The greatest of the commandments is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You as individuals have to work on this diligently at home as if it's your top priority it ought to be your top priority and at church as a community we have to work on that together may god be glorified in us and in our community now and ever into the age of all ages amen